Oh, this is How to Be Unpopular podcast number 170-something. <clears throat> try not to phlegm it too much or it too much, but it'd be difficult. I'm talking in podcast voice already. <sighs> Deep breath, nose whistle. A little bit of a nose whistle there. How to Be Unpopular podcast. Welcome. Welcome. I have some topics written down that I would like to speak about. Um, I'm testing out um, our uh, lavalier microphone uh, because I had to send my Zoom recorder away to get fixed, but um, I'm hoping to experiment with this for more podcasts outside. Uh, eventually, we want to record podcasts while rolling on our skates. Um, there's so many possibilities with with equipment now. Um, I'm in a, I'm in kind of like the main space of the house, so there might be more echo. We'll see, we'll, we'll see how this, this all works out. Um, <clears throat> so if you don't know me through this podcast or anything, uh, my name is Terry McGarry, Jerry or Terry, um, Joey, Terry, Jerry, uh, McQuarrie, McGarry. I've been skating for 20 years. I'll just do the real introduction. Um, so if I haven't, if, if I haven't introduced myself uh, formally before, my name is Joey McGarry. I've been skating for 20 years or something. There's a photo of me the first time I used skates and I look really tiny. Um, I rented skates at Shushwap Lake. Um, I think the photo is somewhere. Maybe I'll try and find it for the thumbnail of this podcast. And I think it's more than 20 years. I need to try and find a specific date because um, I don't think it's on the photo of when I first tried skates. Um, the first time I saw skates this will be a long introduction, was uh, the elementary that I went to, Stuart Wood, in, in downtown Kamloops. It's like a heritage-looking high school. There's a, there's a tennis court, kind of hockey court, and uh, there was these people called the, the Jardines that lived down the street from us in downtown Kamloops, and they owned the local sports store called Jardines. And I remember this guy, the Jardines, like the the dudes, the, the sons or whatever, they were a lot older than me. And they were always so cool, like they had the cool 90s haircuts. They had all like the best clothes from the sports store, like uh, Varney and, you know, like all the cool uh, neon stuff. Varney is like the first one I think of. I can't remember if that was a ski company or not. And I was driving with my mom past Stuart Wood in this tennis court and I saw one of the Jardines kids with these like neon looking things with wheels, but he was, he, the motions that he was doing, he was practicing hockey, but in the summertime, it was like in, in really nice weather, and he was just like shooting a ball against the wall by himself, and it was, it was the combination of, he was doing it solo, even though I was very young, I loved the idea of, of doing things solitary, um, I'm fairly introverted and I love doing things by myself and that really clicked with me and also just the fact that he was 
he was doing hockey movements. Like it didn't look like roller skating movements the way he was turning on them. Um, and, and I remember asking like, oh, what, what are those? And, and I think my mom knew what they were because there must have been like news stories about rollerblading or inline skating, the new hot activity, or maybe she had seen it in a magazine or heard about it. And she was like, they're called rollerblades. I can't remember if she would have said rollerblades or inline skates. And, uh, and like, I guess the excitement that I showed towards them being, I don't know, nine or something. I look really young in the picture where I tried. I remember her saying like, oh yeah, I heard you can rent them at Shushwap or she maybe said like, maybe you can get a chance to try them next time we're out at Shushwap. It was like a thing. Shushwap Lake is about, you know, 45 minutes outside of Kamloops and it's like a camping kind of vacation place where people have cabins and that you couldn't rent them in town, but I guess she had heard or, or cause it was like the new thing. It was like a, it was like a cool thing to do at Shushwap to rent. You could rent like these buggy things. There was like, you know, businesses that people would have in the summer out there. And I guess inline skate rentals was one of them. Um, so from, I can't remember, like I wish, you know, dates are so important. You know, uh, when I do writing in journals and notes and everything now, I try and date everything uh, just for the sake of, uh, like from a historian perspective, especially for rollerblading, I think it's important to know kind of like when you tried, if you have the information, it's really important to like, put it in, in the, in its place time-wise. Like I would love to know exactly, you know, what month it was and what day it was and what year it was when I tried skates or like the first time I saw skates. I mean, journals and notes and things are handy like that because you can kind of record your life as it goes along. But I totally I digress. Yeah, I would love to know when I tried skating because I don't know the time between seeing rollerblades and trying them. Uh, was, I don't know how long that was. Anyways, there's a photo of me trying them for the first time. And uh, in uh, a book by Twyla Tharp, I hope I'm saying her, her name right. It's called The Creative Habit. There's like this exercise where you can choose a photo, a really particular photo of you and, and write about it or interpret it and always return back to it to find out things about yourself and this photo was so cool to, for me to stare at. Later, there was another photo taken that we used <clears throat> on the back cover of Better Than Baseball, where I started jumping, doing my first like jumps. And I can't remember if I saw anybody doing tricks or anything. It was just like instinctively, because I was a hockey player, I wanted to start. I, I mean, it was, it was like, he, it was an infinite thing because once you tried skates, I loved the feel of hockey. I wasn't, the game wasn't that interesting. Once you, once someone like myself who enjoyed like unstructured self time for long periods of time, you know, once I tried them in a parking lot, I mean, you instinctively start to jump stuff and you don't think about you know, grabbing your feet or doing grinds or anything. So there's a picture of me later in the Shushwap Lake parking lot, like years later, kind of like grade seven-ish, 
um, in my Pearl Jam t-shirt jumping. And like, I wasn't even someone to be like, uh, mom or dad, like take a picture of this. But I was really excited about that. So it's weird, the skates from the very beginning of me seeing them, to me trying them, to me trying them again in the first place where I tried them, I was super enthusiastic about the feel of skating, uh, how open it was, and how it was like a, yeah, like a solo activity that you could do. Sorry for my sniffles. Um, so this photo of me first trying skates when I'm, I don't know what age, I'm very little though. There's these three-wheeled, uh, ultra-wheel skates. And it's so cool. It's like there's no cars in the parking lot. You could tell it wasn't a particularly nice day because I had, I had like a hoodie on, shorts. I had like a, I had a hat and my AC Slater haircut. And uh, you could tell I was slightly timid but enjoying them in the photo. It's just a really cool photo. It was like there's, there's not even, I don't think, people in the background of the photo in this normally crowded like summery lake parking lot spot and there's like a you can see like the washrooms change rooms far in the background like green green trees far in the background and then sky above that and uh my skate is kind of like f one skate is facing away from the photo and one part of my body's facing away from the photo but i'm kind of like looking back towards i i'm pretty sure it's my mom who took the picture because she took me to try them i'm looking back like towards the camera but like half of me is pointing off into the distance, into like where there's no people or no cars or anything. And half of me is kind of like looking back a little bit timidly about, about using all this open, I don't know, it's this open space or this, uh, what, I, what I always think in the photos, like the possibilities of, of like, it's a crazy photo. Um, it's a good, if you're not into metaphors, that's okay, because sometimes it can be too much, but it's a cool visual metaphor t for my incredibly long uh, passion. I hate that word, it's so overused. My incredibly long uh, obsession with skates, which, which is still going on today. Um, I first found out about aggressive inline skating or grinding I went into a sports store. See, both of these things already. The idea of a store carrying skates is still important. Um, because, you know, you can, you can go into a sport check and get whatever skates, but it's not the same as the second part of my story. You know, the Jardines was the ski shop in town, the cool, like you get the cool clothing, you get the skis. And that's where rollerblades first kind of came out, were the cool ski shops. And so, you know, that was important. Um, not that that's where I first got my skates. Oh God, there's too much to talk about. Um, it was shortly after I first tried them, um, I think I got a pair of Bauer somethings at the bay here in town. And it was so exciting 
to get like your first pair of skates. And then shortly after that, I got a pair of like hockey skates, which I'm using in the, in the better than baseball photo where I'm jumping. This is probably all so jumbled the way that I'm telling the story because I didn't have notes on this. I just put down in my notes, new reintroduction, um, 20 years skating, 15 full length videos. That sounds so funny. Uh, and it was when I had these kind of hockey skates, I uh, would have been in grade, hmm, grade six or seven. So that would have been, I don't even know, 1993, 92 or something like that. Um, I went in to play it against sports and, and there was this, this cooler, older dude working at the counter and he was like, I guess we were looking at skates with my friend, I was with my friend Colin, Colin Santoro, and uh, I, I would rollerblade with him, but we didn't really know about tricks or anything. Because, um, you know, that was like, there was lots of people who had friends and you would just skate around, like uh, that's what you would do. So I don't know, maybe I skated at like Dufferin, like the school or something, or uh, I played roller hockey a little bit. Um, and I went into play against sports and this guy showed me, who turned out to be Chad Watson, uh, who was like the dude, like every town or city or whatever has like the one really good dude who first gets into aggressive skating and that was him. He worked to play against sports. And he showed us, he was like, you have to see this. And he showed us Dave Kolash doing the 394 foot rail slide in Nebraska that uh, Corey talked about on the Skype in podcast. Uh, he lives where that rail is. And I just remember like one being blown away the fact that you could do that on skates because I was already really, really into skating without even knowing that there was the possibility of doing tricks. Two, that people were doing these things on skates and taping it and that there were videos. That was because I was into uh, video cameras because my dad was kind of like a, a technology guy, which is kind of what uh, the way that I look at skates and I'm always uh, trying out different things with skating and different products is I get that from my dad. And so he was always, he even bought like the first iPod before iPod was known, like the really chunky, like I don't even know if it was four gig or really, really tiny, like he, he got one when it was like a weird, he's an early adopter is what he is. Like it was weird to have an iPod and a camera and he got, he got one and uh, that's kind of <clears throat> how I would have known about uh, video cameras and eventually video editing software and things. So I was tinkering around with video cameras so it was, holy shit, you can grind in rollerblades and there's people recording it and making videos and you can, it was like, not only did it combine that excitement of seeing skates for the first time, but it was, it combined um, my tinkering with video cameras too. Um, because I had, I had filmed like I would attach uh, micro machines, Star Wars micro machines. I would like tape them to the front of of the family video camera and I would, I would like glide the camera through rocks and trees in the garden and stuff and I would film 
I would try and like film my GI Joes in action scenes. So it was like a, a video camera tinkerer that also came from hockey and discovered skates. And it's just like, this is where it all came together. And then he showed us that you could get um, Kryptonics wheels and sonic grind plates. Like you could put smaller wheels, wheels on your skates and then you could start to grind. You could create extra space on your skates uh, to grind. And then that was the start. Uh, I think I would have rented Mad Beef, because you could rent uh, rollerblading videos from Play It Again. I think it was like four or five bucks for the night or whatever. I don't know how Chad would have found out about Mad Beef, like how Play It Again. I guess Play It Again was associated with aggressive skating for a lot of people, because maybe Rollerblade uh, would have like the tarmac would have went out to it or something. So maybe that was the link into aggressive skating. Kind of be interesting to find out from Chad, like if he comes on the podcast sometime or from someone else, you know, what the link of play it again and aggressive was. Cause I think that's a standard thing for people. Anyways, so we bought, you know, Kryptonics wheels um, and we got some Sonic grind plates, which tech, you know, you thought you, I thought I needed them, but you don't really need them. Like in retrospect, you can just take out your uh, center wheels and have a bit of a groove and try and learn to grind. But I mean, it was the Kryptonics, like the way that it was marketed, it just seemed like you needed to have the Kryptonics wheels and the Sonic grind plate. So my hockey skates uh, got, you know, adopted. I think to the point that we even had to like shave down part of the frame to get the grind plate on. And that was the beginning of like uh, Colin and I trying to like watching Mad Beef obsessively, I remember. Like I, I would have just watched it over and over and over again when I first rented it. And then going to Dufferin Elementary, which we still skate a little bit today. Um, to try and grind the bike racks. Just like, just putting your feet on the lower bike rack and pushing yourself along. And, uh, but the idea of like grinding the top or grinding a real handrail or anything like that was, that was ridiculous. And then from there it was, uh, you know, you get the lazy legs pads. And I mean, I saw the bottom line and I would have seen, uh, I can't remember, VG3 and VG4 would have been later, but I remember it was like, the bottom line and 18 days and mad beef and just just like devouring whatever skate videos uh, we, we could get. And that's, we were buddies with Todd, but he didn't skate. Um, we started skating taco time. That was where I first did like my first grinds, this little ledge um, that there's, there's old footage in I think better than baseball and how to be unpopular this little down ledge with three stairs where I would have learned to soul grind and and that was um, that would have been shit I don't have timelines for any of this but that would have been you know eventually I got Tarmax from played against sports in Kelowna and uh, and we were yeah devouring the videos skating at taco time every single day and that's where, you know, Todd was our friend 
and he didn't skate. He didn't even know how to ice skate or anything. Uh, and then he ended up getting tarmax, and he, he ended up like technically aggressive skating and learning to rollerblade at the same time. Like you look at that early footage, which I'll have to upload the whole thing, like our very first filming of us rollerblading, because the two went hand in hand. Like filming, filming and skating from the beginning were, were, were the same thing for me, kind of, you know, that at least in, as soon as I saw Mad Beef, filming and skating were intertwined. There, they were often, it was just like you always had to bring the video camera. And we have a lot of, pretty much our entire, a lot of our skating life. You know, obviously you don't film every session because you're going to, you're going to skate downtown Kamloops, Riverside Coliseum every day after high school and then getting your parents to pick you up. But a lot of our like early stuff, uh, apart from where we would have had like our Kryptonics wheels in our adapted hockey and, and rec skates, we don't have much stuff of that uh, on tape or pictures or anything, but um, everything after that, like when Todd got Tarmax, I got Tarmax, uh, Colin would have got like the Bauer front sides. We have all that stuff at Taco Time. I mean, I, I digress though. Um, and yeah, I mean, after that, I just even remember having the reason I got the Tarmax and we were in Kelowna was because I was there for a rep hockey game or something like that. And I just remember staring at the clock um, watching the time countdown because all I could think about was was there anything to skate around the arena with my tarmax like I was mentally I was already checked out of hockey at that point and that would have been you know going into grade eight when lots of things changed at that time and uh, I, I ended up uh, quitting hockey, you know, I've told this story, but partway through my grade 10 year when shit gets like really serious because it was like this, this world of like skate videos and, and skating and wide open space and discovering things and adventuring and trying new tricks and then that original, that original seeing someone by himself with a hockey stick and a ball, like hitting the ball against the concrete wall and doing skating movements and then trying skating, like all that, that's still, that's still where I, that's, that's still why I'm obsessed with it. I mean, I, I don't, I, I did get wrapped up in the culture of aggressive skating and totally believed in it and that's why I'm such a nerd for it, but, um, Still to this day, when I go skating by myself, it's like the feel of skating um, and that like that solitary uh, pleasure that you get from it. I think I've said before, like it, the ritualistic part of it is it's like it almost has like a religious feel to it because of the the practice of it and the the ritual and the the feel of it and it's something that you know on a good day you tap into that original time that you first 
tried skates because that never really changes. Um, sounds corny, but <clears throat> it's true. That's why to this point I've been obsessed with it. So um, just to move forward because I'm talking way too much. I mean, you could do, just do a whole podcast about how you got into skating. So, um, yeah, from that point, it was skating taco time, filming all the time. Uh, and then, and then it changed everything when, uh, then this is, um, I'm being completely serious here. Um, when I was in grade eight and we were skating taco time, uh, Chad and Jordan and Justin, there was like another group of skaters that went to like a different elementary school or whatever. Um, yeah, Jordan Coles, Justin Coles, uh, Dana would have been in their posse and a few others. They like rolled up with Chad's van to taco time and we like, we the two like groups in town joined into one and I remember we went to the old skate park which is the place that I still skate to this day and we went to Riverside Coliseum and that's when it all changed because I honestly didn't think that that I would be skating other spots like I just <laughs> I don't know I'm a really late bloomer sometimes and I I, I um I like things a very specific way to the point that like you know, I, I do things the same way. I remember the movie theater telling me like, I like this one spot that I would park on the other side of the building. And they were like, you need to park in the staff parking or just little things like that where I get stuck in my ways. So, uh, I mean, I remember thinking that I was only gonna be skating at taco time, um, which I mean, that's probably a reason why I go to the old skate park all the time. You know, if something works and it's comfortable and uh, you can explore the limitations within, no, I don't even know how to explain that. But anyways, that's when it, it was, that was probably the other thing. So it was the initial discovery of skating and then seeing that you combine video cameras and skating. And then it was, oh, there's other people in this town that do this and you can, you can like explore the town with other people and find new stuff to skate. Did, that didn't even cross my mind. I don't know what that is about <clears throat> my thinking or, um, yeah, that's been a bad thing and a good thing for me uh, that I can get uh, um, kind of like, not stuck in a way of thinking, but I can just think that this is the way things are and I mean, I've grown out of that quite a bit, but if I, I wonder if I should think about that, where that applies now. That's, that's gonna get way too deep. So from that point on, it was filming and skating and being in high school, and I don't even remember much of my hockey career in grade eight and nine because it was about, it was about rollerblading and, and filming. And then we made videos and we tried to get sponsored and we went to competitions and uh, that's I guess for the second half of my skating story and yeah that's why I wrote down because uh, we made there's there's the videos kind of before under Canadian skies but that was like our first real video quote-unquote and that was filmed in 
footage from like 1996 to 1998 maybe and then everything before that there's some stuff that I uploaded like Top Guns which was like a sponsor me tape that Dana and I made and then there was a section still that I can't find of uh, of Todd uh, to a DOS FX song knock niggas off knock niggas out um, there's like a bunch of video projects that I still haven't found but I know they might be somewhere um, so the first real video was under Canadian Skies. I'll just quickly go through them. Uh, that was video number one. Video number two was Illusion. Uh, video number three was uh, How to Be Unpopular. Video number two was OK Buddy. Uh, video number, or wait, Under Canadian Skies, Illusion. How to Be Unpopular, OK Buddy, Cirque du Soleil, Better Than Baseball, Mushroom Blading 1, Mushroom Blading 2, Mushroom Blading 3, Mushroom Blading 4, 5, 6, Big Wheels, and then there's a second wacky mode. Oh, maybe 14 videos. Um, yeah. So that's been, I mean, I've done lots of other things in my life, but talking about skating, it's been... Yeah, over two decades of being obsessed with skates. Um, and I'm, I know way too much about skating and the history of it. <clears throat> and uh, the funniest part is that I'm very lucky, I'll go into this in a bit. I'm really lucky that I've always just been in Kamloops and, and, and having an experience of skating that's kind of been untouched for the most part by any, I don't really know much about industry stuff on the inside. Nobody ever really, we've got free skates from shops and things like that. And uh, when we were quote unquote sponsored, when we were younger, it was like we got a deal through Kryptonics if we bought some things in bulk or whatever, like Lazy Legs and Kryptonics. But I think the reason that I've been doing it so long and obsessed with it is because it hasn't really been tainted. Like I haven't, I haven't made any money off of it. No one's really paid me. I've done skating work, like video work, um, but not really related to my own video work and all that stuff, if that makes any sense. Like there's career kind of like skating work that you can do. Like I did a little bit of stuff for K2 um, and that's about it. But it wasn't like, it wasn't like being sponsored for aggressive skating, being paid to make sections or anything like that. So that's probably one of the reasons why I'm still doing it is I don't, I'm not, I get bitter towards it and have been bitter towards it, but mostly for reasons that uh, Adam Johnson stated really clearly and, and it was cool to hear it the way he said it because I think it's something that a lot of people went through. Adam Johnson on Kevin Dowling's podcast uh, <clears throat> where he said, you know, we all went through this thing where uh, all the people that we looked up to started to bail and then, you know, we would be bitter because it looked like they bailed on skating but you have to eventually like get more than just a crappy job and and 
you have to have a life outside of skating. It's just, it's inevitable. But, um, and then, you know, of course I was bitter about that. Um, a lot, a lot of people were. And I remember going through that thing, like thinking how lame it was that, uh, you know, people that I really looked up to didn't put out sections anymore or anything. And I think our kind of like age group is the first one to um, not only do we have our like careers and family and people are having babies and stuff, but we're still, we're still into skating. Uh, we still nerd out over it. We still talk about it on Facebook. We still share sections. We still make stuff. Um, I'm not a huge um, person to like go to events and things. Uh, I want to do that more, <clears throat> but um, yeah, that's just a couple points there. The why it it has why I've been doing it for so long. Hopefully that pen doesn't sound uh, too annoying. But um, speaking of, I'll I'll maybe I'll do another part of my introduction to skating next solo podcast, and we'll go more in depth. It's really interesting to just talk about your story of how you got into skating. It's always so interesting to hear like how people get into skating and to also think about why you got into skating and why you've been doing it for so long. Um, but you know, people <coughs> bailing on skating, that's a whole other podcast too. Someone who didn't bail on skating, there's two that are probably, two of the biggest ones uh, are uh, Julio and Branchima, who did not ditch out on skating, that you've never seen them like post from their like office job or something, and then uh, or you know office job that has nothing to do with skating, and then and then you know kind of skating is something that they kind of do once in a while. Those two dudes have like. Wow, I I am so surprised that that they hadn't gotten frustrated with rollerblading to the point of just giving up. You know how many times like people in their you know how many people in their positions would have given up a long time ago, and lots of people have. So, wow, I can't. I still I can't imagine like being fully engrossed in skating for that long. Uh, you know, you have to be <laughs> super focused, uh, especially like how I said I've been so far outside of the industry bullshit stuff, uh, being in, in a small town, Camels, British Columbia, Canada, like being on the outside of it has been so healthy because I don't, I don't have like any expectations other than I just need time to do it and work on projects. And I love the, I love like the online, like the sharing aspect of, of uh, seeing, seeing like new stuff being put up. Um, I love that side of it, I don't know. So it's not, there's no monetary, uh, I don't have like, well, you know, I used to get uh, $2,000 a month from this company or whatever. So it's crazy to think that like, people like Julio and Chima that have had really successful skating careers and have seen it, uh, 
you know, making good money and everything. It's crazy to think that they're doing this for, to, for like nothing. Like I highly doubt they're making a lot of money off of uh, what they're doing. Um, so that's my segue into, uh, I just wanted to say uh, that Shima section today, uh, regardless of what the story about Nim and the, the split of Elliot and, and Shima and Nim and it turning into SSM, man, Shima set the standard of, of like, he's 32 going on 33, and uh, now someone like, uh, like any of the Haitian Meg era, kind of like that age, like 19, 20, 21, 22, they know now when they watch that section, like, oh shit, well, you know, if Shima did that at 32, then we have 10 really solid years of, of skating coming up. And that's a long time in, <coughs> in, um, in internet terms. That's so exciting to know that, you know, we might see, we might see uh, 20 more Nicola Barr sections or uh, 30 more Brian Bina sections, or I can't name all of them, but like Sean Darst and, uh, oh, what's the Scottish, the Scottish SSM guy, Dominique Bruce, uh, Nils Jansen's like, there's people who are super young who are really good at skating, and now Shima drops this section of hammers, and he's like, he's 32, and he's gonna be turning 33 soon. It's so cool that that the standard can be set so high. And then there's obviously Julio deserves credit too for just keeping style-wise, like he just, he's good at focusing on what Julio's good at. And he's made a name in a career, at least it seems like he makes a career off of skating. It's cool to know that there's at least a couple people left setting those kind of standards. Um, trying to think of some other older skaters. Those are just the two uh, names off the top of my head. Like, if 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 Josh Petty or uh, John Elliott or Zamora, you know, some of these names, if they would have put out the amount of sections that Shima and Julio have, I I do really really think rollerblading would be healthier for it. But the sacrifices you have to go through personally. Uh, to do that, I mean, it's really hard to to handle that. I mean, can you imagine if John Elliott would have put out as many sections as Shima? Holy shit! An embarrassment of riches. Um, so I just wanted to say that Shima has officially set the standard of of what's possible on skates at 32. If you want to film a hammer section. That's crazy. That's crazy. It used to be old if you were like 23 and you were a rollerblader. So kudos to Shima and holy shit. I don't know if, I hope his heels can uh, take gaps in a year or two. The body does heal up, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I wanted to talk about why I make uh, solo edits. Um, 
you know, first of all, it's a super selfish thing somewhat to like film yourself of yourself skating and then release it online. But it's so exciting to know that you can do it at no cost. All you need to do is just put the time in that you can just film something. Uh, I got up at like the last one that I did uh, just this weekend, I got up at 6 a.m. and got to the skate park just before eight, filmed for like just a little over an hour, came back, edited for a couple hours and then put it up. I just love that. It doesn't cost anything apart from like, I guess, gas to get there and back, but it takes nothing to, to make something these days. And I, I love that idea. So that's the first thing. Um, it's easy to do, which is, you know, never be afraid of things because they're easy to do. It's so silly to think of like, no, you know, I want to make, I want to make a self edit or I want to make a solo edit, but, uh, you know, I just need, I need time to make it good. So silly to think of that. Like it would be more of a waste of time to spend a lot of time trying to make something good than just, just easily putting something out. Um, and that's the whole point of it, actually. The whole point of why I make those, those solo edits is to uh, play around with ideas with not really, no attachment to making, like it's not, you're not making a section of yourself. You're filming yourself skate. A lot of the stuff is, I, I try and do things just once. Um, sometimes I have to try things a couple more times to get it. But sometimes the mess ups are interesting and you can put those in. The whole idea of those is just to kind of like uh, practice filming, um, practice editing, uh, get a feel for your skates. And then every once in a while when you film something like that, you'll come up with a couple new tricks. So that like leg wrap heel thing that I saw Colin Braddy do in fish and chip, fish and clips, I mean, um, I wanted to try that. So I tried that. And then I also did like a switch, uh, front side wheel slide and then left leg. I didn't get it, but I just put it in anyway, just before I ate shit, um, to like a left leg, uh, carve thing that I, that was my first time trying it. So by messing around and not really having an attachment to things being good or things needing to be specific, especially in a place like the old skate park, um, it's kind of like this unrestrained creativity where a couple accidents can happen where you start to get a feel of like one, how you want to skate for the rest of the year and, and two, uh, what types of like trick ideas you want to start playing with. And then, Another thing is, it's really interesting to, to kind of to bring it to the starting part of the podcast to just record yourself skating in, in a moment in time because you're going to look back and uh, the, the way you did a trick on a certain day or the way you were feeling, um, it comes through and you're going to look back and you're going to watch it and you'll be like, whoa, that was me because it's, it was one especially doing it in a short amount of time and just putting it out, it's more of a, a record of how you were feeling at that time. And, and 
that I love that about that. You can look back and get a really clear picture of yourself to the point that you might be like, whoa, that was me? Like, um, I look pretty confident on those things. Because there might be a time where maybe you, maybe you won't be able to skate for a year or something. And you can look back on that one day where you had an hour of, or two of really fun skating. I don't know. I like that. I like the, uh, I like the idea of just once in a while recording um, a solid, not solid, how do you, recording a very specific uh, feel of skating and, and, and day of skating all together and, and making something really quickly out of that. It's kind of like that's where the, it's like a weird little uh, art project, you know? And it doesn't have to be anything good. It really doesn't. In fact, it's not even close to anything good, but it's interesting. So that's where that stupid word art might fit in, but I would never, never, never say that. I might say it. Not this time. I'm getting over a cold, so my voice might sound different. <clears throat> um, yeah, and, and one last thing about the, the, the uh, solo edits. They, it only happens once in a while where I get the urge to make them. It's not like a frequent thing. And uh, it's usually when I hear, uh, there's a song that I'll hear that I just keep playing over and over and over again. And there's a feeling that the song gives me and it creates this wormhole where I have to make something to that song based on the feeling that I got. And it's only this like solo edit kind of feeling. So, I mean, I heard this, that Mac DeMarco song that I used and it had this feeling of like lazily trying to get, get like a groove back or something. Um, the like, it sounded like a, like a, uh, like a Beatles song, but his delivery was really lazy, and it had this feeling of how skating feels right now, where you're still trying to connect. Like, it's early. It's like it's April, so it's not. You're not good at skating yet. You're still trying to get a feel for skating. You're trying to connect your skates and your mind and your body all together to get that like flow. And you're not gonna necessarily do anything great. Uh, so that song kind of had like this, like if you play that song, it's got like this, this lazy like head bobbing feel where it's not super energetic, but it puts you in a pretty good mood and it had this like lazy flow to it. And that, that's when I was like, oh, I kept just pressing play. I'll always like listen to the first 30 seconds of the song over and over and over again. I'll just keep the, the last part of the song is usually just kind of, it's not as interesting. Um, I'll just keep playing the first part of the song and then that's when I'll start seeing some things that I might want to put to the music or getting an idea of like, oh, there could be a quote here. And then it's, uh, and then you get to practice. Uh, you get to practice skating and editing and 
filming and it's a good like primer, uh, especially we're gonna be going in and filming uh, the new video. We're gonna be filming for the new video really soon. So I wanted to get a feel again for the camera that I use for work and uh, just get a feel for my skates. I'm still like experimenting with <coughs> different setups with the liner. I've tried the black wrap and then that was my first time trying the gold wrap and I'm gonna be trying insoles. <coughs> Sorry. I'm gonna be trying insoles in it and I'm gonna be trying <coughs> no wrap with insoles, no wrap, no insoles. I just wanna try everything. I'm a tinker. I'm gonna be tinkering with many, many different things over the rest of my life. Um, and that's, that's it. Oh, um, yeah, the, and then one last thing. You, it's cool to see footage of yourself because you'll realize like, holy fuck, like I'm not using my core or I look super stiff and I need to do more yoga and stretching because we're coming off the winter. So that's cool too. Um, but that, that relates to, you know, uh, time and place, right? Um, so, Seba, not Seba, but Anthony Finucciaro, I hope I said it right, uh, came up, which is really crazy. Uh, I remember I was at work and I got a text from Leon. Um, it would have been February, probably, sometime in February. And Leon was like, um, Seba's sending Anthony up or Anthony wants to can't come to Canada to film, something like that. Because um, I was really excited when we finished Big Wheels for uh, Seba to see it because um, it's not like they forced us to use those skates. It was the skates felt so good that we just made a whole video using those skates. It wasn't, there's no, there's no contracts, there's no phone calls or anything, anyone telling us to make an edit or a video with this skate. So I was excited for Seba to see the video because it was a cool idea that it was skates that were supposed to be used for like free skating, slalom kind of stuff, but it was kind of like a bunch of people who grew up on aggressive using these skates and seeing what they can do with them. And, um, and, and I was really stoked. Uh, I was like really wanting them to put it up. Like I really wanted Seba to put the video up on their account because I really liked the idea of, of um, slalom skaters seeing that video. Um, just like I get excited for aggressive skaters to see slalom or free skating videos. Like um, <clears throat> the videos that Anthony did for the China one and the India one specifically um, are like, they're some of the best like rollerblading videos to show just a general audience. It makes skating look so fun and there's still tricks in them, you know? Um, but the feel of the, the, 
the speed and the freedom of skating that we all know and love is captured really well in those. So I was excited for them. I was excited for that crossover idea of, of people who wouldn't think of using their skates this way to see the video <clears throat> and who know Seba in Europe to, to see the video Big Wheels and be like, whoa. Um, and then maybe come up with their own ideas and put their own edits out, you know? Uh, so they did. I, I thought for the longest time that maybe Seba didn't like it because it didn't go up, but I think they were on a trip somewhere where they didn't, it was like a, a China trip where they weren't able to, uh, they weren't able to see it. Um, so it, it was like, Pretty far after the video came out, which in internet terms, like it was like a month or something, which is a long time in internet terms, a month after. I thought that they hated it, but then it was awesome that they posted it. And that's where um, I got, I talked to Anthony just a little bit. And then, um, yeah, it was, I, I was a huge fan of his stuff before, like uh, way before I would have even tried Seba Skates. I think that that uh, the Shanghai edit, the one that got Vimeo staff pick where they're in Shanghai, Anthony and Pierre. That's, I think it's an older edit. Um, and I was a huge fan of that. So it was cool that, that cause the, the big wheels style video is, it's a lot different than, than that style. Like it's pretty straightforward, like skate video, almost all fisheye. And, um, you know, it's got like, it's got humor and it's a little bit weirder than what <clears throat> like the Sebra, Seba videos are like pretty clean and, you know, filmed really well. And, uh, so I was happy that they liked the video and posted it. Anyways, Leon, uh, Leon texted Todd and I in February and said that like Anthony was going to come up to Canada and that it was really crazy because that's the first time ever bring it back to the start again that um, it's not like you know no company ever there's uh, no no company ever has been like Yo, we're, we're going to come up and, and like, you know, see what you guys are about and we'll maybe film something or so it was crazy because I'm now like, mm. I'm not a pro rollerblader and I'm not a, <laughs> it's not like skating is not, <coughs> skating's not my career. This is a video that I made my spare time from my career type job. And Todd, who also has a full-time career, has a kid, is married. I'm getting married this summer. Like, skating is part of what we do. It's not everything. So it's crazy that I'm a 31, soon-to-be 32-year-old man, and someone is, you find out someone is coming from, like, the, I think it's the biggest skate brand in Europe. Someone's coming to, coming up to Canada, and they're coming to Kamloops, which is, like, it's so weird that it was weird to even think of that. I was stoked though, because the idea of like 
if he was coming up to Canada to film some stuff, I definitely wanted to be a part of it. And it was crazy that he was coming to Kamloops. So <clears throat> it almost seemed surreal. And you know, time went by really fast. And then, uh, yeah, he came up in March. And, and it was like, we never film anything in March, really, at all. Um, the weather's usually pretty bad. We lucked out a bit with nice weather, but like we're not, we're not, not only are we not filming for anything, but like your relationship to your skates is shaky at best in March in Canada. You're trying to get a feel for skating again, but you have to go through the like, oh man, I can't believe I could do this stuff last year. And you know, that first session, especially that I talk about every year is like, it's devastating to your ego because you, have such high expectations of yourself right away. So it was crazy that he was coming up in March, but he was coming up. And uh, so I first went to go film with them in Vancouver for the day. I took the day off work. And uh, I had skated a little bit, like I, because the weather got somewhat nicer. It was still really like gravelly and dirty everywhere because um, it was a pretty rapid snow melt. I'd skated probably five times in the somewhat nicer weather before I went to Vancouver. And uh, I brought the SX skates, which still I think were a little bit too small for me. Um, and skated with them there. I ate shit and had this like, this weird feeling just beginning when we were skating there. It was really fun and obviously like, Man, Leon and Anthony are both really good at skating. I'm completely out of my element when I skate with them. It's, uh, it's not like my thing to, I love skating and filming with people, but it's hard sometimes to like tap into that calm, relaxed, uh, introverted, think of weird things vibe. <clears throat> so it was like really bizarre to be, uh, filming with someone who I was like big fan of his edits and all of a sudden here he is and and I'm not holding a camera anymore because I like that I like the idea of being a camera person it's like there's less uh, pressure to do things yourself like it the collaboration with other people can kind of like give you ideas to do your own stuff or I don't know I it was really weird to uh, never been one to skate for other people's cameras very well, ever, really. Um, unless I've like been skating around and I just have something, I'll be like, oh yeah, we can film this quickly, but this was a lot different. So uh, I just had this feeling of like, uh, it, was, it was really hard to tap into um, that like full on filming feel for skating because it was like completely new territory and it was a, it was in March. It was nice weather in Vancouver though. So I felt really out of my element. It was super fun, but man, Leon is good. Holy shit. <laughs> um, and it was fun to just like kind of, the and another part, like I had to work the next day. Um, it was like, I wasn't completely fully mentally there that day um, for so many different reasons like the 
it was weird just being like way outside of my comfort zone. Um, but some of the stuff we did was really cool. I'm excited to see what he puts together. Um, yeah, and then we filmed a little bit back in Kamloops. I mean, I'm going way too long with this, but um, it was kind of that same feeling kind of uh, persisted throughout where I was able to like, I felt really weird, like almost like, uh, like I was being extremely hard on myself to like try and do good stuff. Uh, the closest I came obviously was the old skate park because I was like super comfortable there. There's just like a fun, I don't know, I have a good feeling when I'm there. So um, that was cool filming there. I don't know how much of that he'll use. And then uh, it was crappy weather the next day. And then it was like everything came to a head. Um, I had to like, I had a bunch of things I had to do on Sunday. I thought I was only going to be able to skate the, like I took the one day off for, yeah, I was just putting so much pressure on myself to like uh, skate good and get a lot of stuff done. And, and the idea of like um, skating for someone else's camera, I, I, it was, uh, I can't do it very well. Um, it could have been that it was so early on in the season and that my body and mind aren't used to skating uh, that much, like trying to, and I didn't even skate that much, but, um, so yeah, I have these things, the, the skating and filming in March, the process of being filmed for someone else's project, I don't think I'd do well for that, <clears throat> which the next thing I'm not, I'm not a pro skater, not even close to, not that I'm saying he came down to film pro skating, but like, Leon and Todd are like, they can put it down um, and at any place. Uh, yeah, the, the, like, the idea of a professional, someone who's like, no matter, to me, someone who no matter what uh, can be, can, can do their best in any situation. And I'm definitely someone who uh, I don't like to be in every situation. I kind of like to focus on what works for me and then key on that. Sounds so corny. Um, yeah, and, and like having other commitments and things and trying to fit all of this skating into March and not and put being hard on myself, it was, it, it just came to a head on the Sunday where I was like, I was like, for the first time, I was like, I. I couldn't get this one trick on this rock thing and, and I was like kind of sore and tired and I could feel myself getting sick from uh, stressing myself out over the past few days and, uh, and it was so weird. I hadn't had that feeling since like uh, being 22 or 23, like where you get angry at not landing something and then I just remember like, uh, you know, saying that I had to go, I had to get, I had like other commitments too, I just, I wasn't present, I wasn't feeling good, um, I did kind of get something there, but <clears throat> I just did, the whole experience uh, was really good and really excruciating, because it made me kind of realize what really works for me and what doesn't, and uh, 
really excited to see what Anthony puts together because Todd and Leon got some really good shit. Anthony got some really good shit. And um, also seeing Canada through someone else's eyes is always interesting. But, oh man, I'll never be... Um, I think the biggest thing that I learned from Anthony coming up was that I think I'll always enjoy being a part of other people's projects but there I can't like I can't be um a pillar in the action sports industry I mean I can't I can't help I, I'm I, I can't hmm I can't like make someone's video better just me like I think I'm a lot better from behind the camera and even then like Anthony's so good with uh, with he's like picky with what he wants and he makes a very professional project and product and and um, I think I like being behind the camera more and I don't like thinking about it too much when I'm filming or making stuff and I like my skating to be that way too I like uh, I'm more yeah I'm just I'm not. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just need to be realistic and, and keep things simple and small. Okay, so the biggest thing I think I learned was to keep, uh, you know, mushroom blading the videos and the podcast and everything just exactly how they are. And uh, if, if any opportunities come up like that, like if Anthony comes back, I just, I need to think of it in a much more relaxed way next time because I... Uh, that was like the first time, apart from competition skating, where I just put pressure on myself and it didn't, it didn't, didn't fare well for me. I'm just, I'm still getting over my cold that I gave to myself from stressing myself out because I wasn't on the level of skating that I wanted to be on in March, which is like pretty much still winter. Um, to me, Skates are my silly instrument and videos are a tool like a pen on paper or someone using like a guitar or something and and uh and and that's all I know about that. My mouth is getting really dry, <clears throat> so I wanted to talk more about that hopefully that I got the uh I, hopefully I got all that out. Hopefully that make, made sense. Um, and then lastly, um, yeah, I, uh, I almost got barred from the United States for five years. I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about this on the podcast, but I was supposed to go to Seattle and I didn't have a work visa and I didn't say it. Uh, yeah, I got in a lot of trouble. So I almost, you know, I may have missed the next five powwows. Um, yeah, don't, uh, don't try and tiptoe around the truth if you don't have uh, a proper work visa and you're trying to get across the border. Um, it all worked out in the end, though. Um, just, I think if you have a high ponytail... Um, and a beard and your boots are kind of dirty. Um, that probably doesn't help either. Uh, 
at, at the end of, it was, it's been like a crazy last few weeks, like with the Seba thing and uh, yeah, a Joey incident um, where I couldn't get over the border. I, I was just like, I felt like going, all this for rollerblading. Like, that was wrong. All this for rollerblading? No, I can't do it right. I was trying to think, uh, I don't have enough uh, verve and zest to, it's like where you fall down on your knees and you scream at the sky. All of this for in the name of rollerblading? Uh, no, I did it wrong again. Anyways, now I'm very excited about, uh, it's really nice out, it's warm, the street cleaners are coming out, it's happening. Let's do this. 2014. Big Wheels 2. I think. Maybe. Oh. Gotta take an allergy pill.